BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast and happy Tuesday. Hope everyone's... Oh, happy election day. It is the 8th of November. Therefore, it is election day. Hope everyone's having a great election day. It's a great day to be an American. It is. I hope everyone is taking the time to vote, whether before work, after work, during work. You are entitled to time to vote during your job today. So make sure that you do your civic duty and yeah. cast that vote. Duty. I Duty. knew you were going to say that. Because one thing about me is like, I am a four-year-old, you know? For sure. And here's the thing. Like, I don't want to get political so early this morning, but I feel like I need to take a stand and say that okay. I'm voting for Bryce for governor. Mm. And I know you're voting for Strice. And I am. And you know, that's the thing about the toast is like, we don't let politics come between us. You know, everyone is welcome here at this show, whether you voted for Bryce or Strice. It's so true. So... Hot take, though. Hot take. I um, know. Whew. I know. People aren't going to like that. But I said what I said. <laughs> and I felt like I had to. You know, I had to it, get that It was off your civic duty. It was my duty. So we're coming off of a great episode yesterday, except for the astigmatism. Should we talk about the astigmatism? Yeah. So weird yesterday. I mean, I had to rearrange my studio because we went from two to one. And I can't see. I see my monitor from where I'm sitting, but I was too far away to realize that it was out of focus. So it was out of focus the whole time, which is so sad because I looked so stunning. I gave my heart and soul to the episode. I was wearing Claudia's necklace that she got me. And none of it was seen, really. So I'm sorry. No, you know what's tough about doing what we do in such an authentic, honest, real, un unfiltered, unedited, raw way is like we do this show and like we really, we, we don't re-record stuff, like we don't edit stuff. So we sit here and we talk for an hour and if, you know, every now and then we'll realize like, oh, we didn't press record on this mic. And it's like that moment is gone and we can't recreate it, you know? At least I had something and we were able to do a video, but I'm sure it was kind of painful to watch except if you have an astigmatism and then like you took out your contacts maybe it was actually on balance for you because one and that's was blurry we, and one wasn't that's what we do here at the toast we try and make this show accessible for everyone even those with astigmatisms it's true but this morning zach double check my camera i think i'm in focus i tinkered around a little bit and i would just feel so upset if not everyone could see my gorgeous outfit today which is a little redheads merch always repping the redheads I want to be honest because I feel like honesty is a core value of our show. Um, and I really like I was not really mad um, that your video was all fakakt because that meant like more eyes were probably just like staring at me the whole time. And I happened to have looked particularly stunning yesterday. So if your camera isn't fixed again today, like I think I'll be OK. Well, you know, I do it for you. Everything I do, I do with you in mind. 
I know. And it's like, I think on some subconscious level, you were really just like letting me have a moment yesterday. Letting you shine. And that's it was, why you're... There was a lot of talk about me, my birthday. How's Jackie? How's 30? But like, what about Claudia? Nobody ever asks yesterday, how's Claudia? Thank you. Really, truly. Thank you. So how is Claudia? She's doing great. You know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling excited. You know, there's something about... I've weirdly been like looking forward to election day. I feel like the last couple of election days, like I've had a lot of anxiety, but I don't know. There's something exciting about just like, you know, like everyone watching the same thing tonight. Do you know what I mean? I know. And I don't really have plans for this, but an election night chili is a really great thing to do. Let me explain. I've done it before. So all day you're prepping the chili as, you know, the votes are coming in, the chili is stewing. And by the time news is coming in, like you sit down with your chili and you enjoy. No, that's a really kind of beautiful and poetic way of looking at a great day in our nation. Claude, elections are like chili. You put a lot of stuff in and you get your results. Hmm. Yeah. I I, like that. I think that was Thoreau who said that. I actually think it was Walt Whitman. They're the same person to me. So. Okay. I'm so glad you brought that up. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Walt Whitman. Mm -hmm. Justin Thoreau. All the (laughs) same. Oh, and Justin Trudeau. Like all the same people to me. What is Thoreau's first name? And actually, I do think that all of these boys are from like the same period. I feel like I learned about them all on the same day in English class. And that's why like they're all the same in my mind. Ralph Waldo Emerson, Walt Whitman, Thoreau. Henry David Thoreau. See, he's just like a one name wonder to me. 100%. Uh, The branding. It's like a Madonna. And they were all at Walden, the lakes where all the poets went to die. I actually think this is who Taylor was talking about. I'm not even lying. No. These are the Walden boys. Yet people also search for Ralph Waldo Emerson, Walt Whitman, uh, Cynthia Dunbar, Nathaniel Hawthorne. If you're a redhead, that name will mean no, a lot to you No, I don't know Cynthia. Month. I don't Cynthia, know Cynthia. like not to belittle her, but she's probably someone's wife. Jackie. She is the well, it she, is. She is the mother of Henry David Thoreau. So Okay. It is that time of year where, like, you know, I start to become like a male chauvinist because it's holiday season, the Hallmark movies come out. And as I always say, I am a card-carrying feminist most of the time. But when those holiday movies come out, you know, women, the kitchen. <laughs> Men, the office. Men. The lumberjack tree. We need wood for this 100%. fire, and the women this aren't getting it. This fire isn't going to burn itself. No, this sir. tree isn't going to chop itself. No, no. And you know what? These cookies aren't going to bake themselves either. So I'll just see myself to the kitchen. Yeah, definitely. I actually think I'm going to do some baking today, some election day baking, because I've got some bananas that are ripe for muffins. Mm. Well, we also have just like a fabulous show today because like weirdly there's a lot of news today. And I love the beginning of the week. Your relevant girly watched My Mind and Me and oh. The Colpos. Great. We have a story about The Colpos. That will lead into you- our TV recap. Oh, okay. So why don't you tell me about your mind and you? I'll tell you about it. One, I agree with everything that was said yesterday, um, but I had some additional thoughts. First of all, this came to me at the end when the 
the documentary ends with her young self saying, I am Selena. And it made me realize that the title of the documentary is not good. It's not my mind and me. I feel like we didn't get a look inside her mind. We got a look inside her life. I feel the ways that she referred to her mind and what she thinks and feels like we're kind of vague. I don't feel like we got a really good look at the mind of Selena, but I feel like we got a good look at the life of Selena. So I would say they should have called it. I am Selena alternate title. Got to keep an eye out for Selena. That was going to be my next suggestion. Of course. Right. If they wanted to be culturally relevant. The other thing, there were so many things, but the other thing is that this period that they're showing us is obviously a really hard time for Selena. She's coming back into the spotlight. She's struggling with trying to maintain her sanity and doing the job that she needs to do that affords her all of the privileges to do the things that she wants to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm so curious, one, how COVID changed her. Like, was COVID and staying home good for her? Because I feel like for a lot of celebrities like Ari, I feel like it was the best thing that could have happened. Like, you have to stay home. No one's coming to see your shows. You need to take a break. And I wonder how that was for her to a point. I think like everyone else, you know, we had our break and then it became dark being so isolated, especially if you're someone who struggles with mental health issues. Like it was a net negative for most people, but I just was curious and they showed us some COVID stuff. So I was just curious if like, if, if she was able to like reconnect with herself, like love her house again, love her life and just, you know, maybe cook. And, and how was that for her? That's interesting. Then after COVID, her business really changed. She did rare beauty, only murders in the building. And there's one, oh, uh, Selena and chef. And so Mm -hmm. these are very different than her being like an album artist tour, tour bus, another bus tour. And no sleep. How has this stage of her career affected her mental health? Is this so much better for her working on Rare Beauty where she doesn't need to be public facing as much? You know, the money comes in without her having to do all of these radio interviews. And I'm just curious, like Promo. where she's at now. I feel like- That's a really good point. I feel like in, in a way, the documentary is almost a little dated. Yeah, and it ends so abruptly. And her whole career has changed now. And I also wonder like, what is her passion? When she was working at seven years old and she was doing Barney, it sounded like she was loving acting. And somewhere along the way, like that went south. I wonder if it was, you know, the environment at Disney. And then my next question is what happened at Disney that she feels like she can't even dress like a little witchy because people think of her as a witch. I'm like, I forgot Alex Russo is a wizard of Waverly Place. She's just like a Disney kid, but that's how deep it runs for her. So I'm like, what I'm thinking, what happened there? But what I know her passion is philanthropy. And I know that she feels her best when she's helping other people and is able to not feel like she's taking and she's giving. But as far as like the craft, what is her passion? Does she love, does she love writing music? Does she love acting? Does she love doing only murders in the building? Like, does she feel like she likes writing music, but doesn't like performing it? Should she be a songwriter? I just felt like, what about this trade, which at one point you loved, do you still feel like is a huge part of you and you don't want to give up? Or do you hate it all? That's a really good question, honestly. I feel like she definitely loves acting. Yeah, because she chose to do only murders in the building. She's not doing music right now. So Mm -hmm. tell us that. And and so that we can be happy that, and you know, she is kind of a serious actress. She's done Woody Allen. A lot of the serious people that she's worked with really love her. And even for Steve Martin and Martin Martin Short to have chosen her is such an honor. And she is such, she's so so deserving. And does she love that? I'm curious. No, that's actually so true. I feel like at this rate, she'll be a more respected actress than musician because honestly, she hasn't. There's a song, My Mind and Me, 
and she released Rare, but like it's, she doesn't have a huge discography because she really doesn't do that much music. So is that what she wants to be doing? Are things going better now because she's not doing music? LMK? No, that's a really good question. Did you? And then and also, also it's like she doesn't like doing the radio interviews. And I totally understood. Like some of those questions were so dumb. so dumb. But then on the flip side, it's like you sit down and they're asking you the deepest questions. And it's like, I don't fucking know you. I'm not going to give you like my heart and soul for a, a couple clicks. So 100%. it's like, why can't we just have a normal conversation? Um, I wanted to clarify one thing because... A lot of people were like having conversations after our episode yesterday about the Raquel of it all. So Raquel is listed as a producer on the documentary, therefore meaning she probably like made money off of it. And I don't know if she's like salaried by Selena, but she definitely has, you know, some sort of financial benefit from being her friend. So that's important to know. But I was curious what your thoughts are or were on the Raquel of it all. I thought Raquel was a great friend. I can see how, you know, they obviously confirmed there's conflict between them, but they spend 24 seven together. And that's another thing that's so unnatural. It's like Selena's laying in her bed, like clearly depressed. And there's all these other people around the room with her. The cameras are there because we're watching it. And it's like, leave her alone. Like having the, like, I understand she wants to do this documentary because she feels like it's her way to help people see that they're not alone. But like, that's too, too much for her. Like she, when she's in bed, just like, can't turn her brain off like it's not helpful to have cameras in her face and and who knows there's probably a boom mic there's a million things there's a million people and like uh, don't do this like in service for us when you need help too and I feel like a lot of the message of her documentary is like I really want to help people and I think for I think in a lot of ways the documentary will help people see that even the people that we love so much are struggling people like she's just like us but And sadly, and maybe she has them now, but this ended in 2020 and and she didn't then. But in the documentary, like there's really no tools for how to overcome a dark period. And I, I wish that there was more, not even optimism at the end of it, because I understand that like hard times come and it's hard to come out of it. it And that's not how it always is. But like, we like it's not enough just to say like, I experienced this too, or like, you know, we should talk about mental health. Like we can't just be talking about mental health. We also need to be helping people and like giving them tools, giving them resources, showing them, you know, I was here once, but look where I am now. Like it gets better. I feel like we were talking about this two weeks ago. So many people are just like living in their sadness and feeling like it it can't get better. And I'm watching Selena live her life and she's so unhappy. And I'm like, life is not supposed to be like that. And I understand that for, for more, some people are unhappier more times and some people are happier. Not everyone's the same, but on the whole, like we should be able to find pockets of life that we enjoy. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the messaging that's out there for kids, like needs to be in, reaffirming that over and over again. Like life is wonderful. And yes, and, and heart and like, you know, your mind can play tricks on you. And sometimes it's not just situational and it's not just a bad period and you need help and you need people to talk to and and perhaps even medication sometimes. But like, it really, it should get better. And I felt like the documentary ended and I felt so like upset. This girl is just, you know, she has seemingly quote unquote, like everything. The perfect life. That a person could desire in order to live a happy life. and, And she's so unhappy and it just made me really sad. And it made me sad for no. the people who might watch it and and not see a way out of it. 
and not have like, there was no like takeaway. No, and at the end, it's like if you're feeling this way, like call it 988. But it's, you know, what is 988 going to tell you to do? Let's put that in there too. And and if Selena is doing better now, which I feel like she is because she's working, and I it, feel like she is too. Tell us how to get there. She got there. Tell, tell, or at least tell us how you got there. Yeah, of course, because it's not the same for everyone. But no, I agree. Like there was this overall sadness that I feel like I was left with at the end of the documentary and, and kind of unresolved. And I think you pointing out the fact that like it doesn't include the last two years, which I feel like from afar have been very good for her. Um, it felt unfinished. Yeah. So I thought Raquel was a great friend. Then I was looking at her Instagram and she wrote a book with Tanya Rad. Did you see that? Yes, and she's I'm, also very close friends with Haley Bieber. It, oh, interesting. But it made me so glad because I was thinking like Tanya Rad is someone to me who like embodies sunshine. Positivity. And positivity. And I'm like, okay, so if Tanya is friends with Raquel, that means Raquel, you know, has some of that positive energy, which we even saw in the thing when they're talking in Africa. She's like, what can we implement in your life? To, you're not supposed to feel Let's this way. Let's do this quarterly. Yeah, she's like, you're not supposed to not want to go home. You're not supposed to not want to look at your phone. Like, what can we do and change in your life that will make you happier to live it? And I feel like she, that's exactly what someone should be doing to help lift Selena up. So it made me happy to see that she has that positivity that Tanya Rad has, because I feel like that's a great influence for Selena. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, I think those are oh, very Oh, and one more point about her thoughts. laying in the bed with the friends, which is unnatural, like for a 30-year-old woman to be having sleepovers every single night with her friends. The thing about having friends who work for you or, or are going to be with you 24-7 is that that means that they can't hold another job because they are with you 24-7. So they can't, you know, make their own money. So they are essentially, you know, and then inevitably living off of you. And yes. that that makes it unhealthy, but it's hard. She needs friends around her. And so she can't have friends who have jobs and aren't going to be there all the time. But it also creates this dynamic where it's like people should be able to be alone. And then at the end of the day, we'll meet up with our friends. We'll have a good time. And then I, I go back to being like, myself and in my life so I feel like so many celebrities like live with their friends sleep with yes. their friends and you create this dependency that's really hard it's to like break. a toxic dynamic yeah 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 no that's a good point a lot of celebrities like have these groups of friends these posses that live with them depend on them spend 24 7 together and it creates this very bizarre dynamic because it's not like a it's not a natural thing to be, you know, 30, 40 years old and have a million people living in your house who are your friends. Yeah. And it's like Selena will wake up and she's, you know, not in a good mood or she's feeling depressed or anxious. And then there's all these people in her bed who are like, want to do this, want to do that. And it's like, just let Selena like lay and, and figure out what she wants to do next without you want to eat, you want to watch a movie, like go it's away. so true. Scram. So but also, yeah, no, totally. But also and Selena I think will know that they're down the hall if she needs them. Yeah, that's true. But being alone, and that's, I feel like, what Matthew Perry was saying. Not that it's the same, but he's like, you'll know I'm in trouble if I really want to be alone. And, of course, that has to do with addiction. Um, but I think the same can be said about mental health. Like, if people, like, being alone is not always the best thing. No, no. But if you're, on, you need to be able to be alone. Yes, of course. And, like it's and yeah. she would. I feel like she wasn't alone till COVID, really. But even then, like we see her, she's like cleaning her house. She's doing like a, a workout from home, and she's like Productive. she's doing well. Yeah, because there's no one in bed doing everything for her. For her, yeah, that was a major takeaway for me. Is like that you know her whole life is planned, and she's very much coddled by the people in her life. And I think at first that was probably for her benefit, but now I think it's you know as she heals, it's to her detriment. 
Yes, definitely. Which is why, again, I'm curious about COVID. And then to me, the most curious, interesting part that was not explored was what happened with We Charity? I'm going to need an episode of American Greed. Like what? That was plot twist. No, that was so weird. And I like, meant not to Google Canadian. it. I meant to Google it after. Like, what do you mean? For like, what the fuck? No, it was so random. And, like, she had these big dreams, and and they were crushed because there was like fraud. Uh, like, what? No, it was very bizarre. So, would have loved to learn more about that. Right. So overall, I feel like the documentary was meant for us, you know, to like take away certain things, and I took away a lot. But I don't think it was what the documentary intended for me to kind of digest. Yes, I agree. But it was an interesting window into a fascinating girl. And I just uh-huh. told, stated that, you know, 2020 Selena is not in the same place as 2022 Selena. And I feel like given we know the external changes that have happened in her life, I feel like she isn't in that place anymore. I don't think so either. And I just wish like there were more tools for people who are still in that place to have like to be inspired. Yeah, no, totally. It wasn't inspirational. Yeah, no. <sighs> so those are my So thoughts. we'll also talk about the Colpo show, which premiered last night. We have a story and I feel like I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Without further ado, it is time for the fast five stories that you need to know. Glug, 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 glug. Today's episode is sponsored by Bare Necessities. Think about the favorite bra you have right now. What's so great about it? Chances are it's not anything the bra actually does. It's more the things it doesn't do. It has weird gaps, shows through your shirt, digs through it into your shoulders. Same thing with underwear. You reach for the ones that don't ride up or don't give you a panty line. Your bra and underwear should make your outfit better, not worse. And that's what's so great about Bare Necessities. The biggest online intimate apparel retailer offering over 140 of the best brands all in one place. They put fit and comfort above all else, so they're all about size and inclusivity. Their band sizes go from 28 to 58. Their cup sizes go from double a to o and the regular sizes go from xs extra small to 5xl 5 extra large with so many options finding the right bra isn't always intuitive so they offer the bra finder fit quiz that points you in the right direction in just a few clicks bare necessities also has a team of bra fit experts available on hand to help you find your perfect bra so i've been wearing like the same brand of bra and undies forever and it's it's so true. Like, they're not great. It's just, like, what you have. Yeah. Um, so when you take the time to, like, find exactly what you need when it comes to bra and underwear, whether it comes to, like, band size, cup size, underwear. Like, I happen to like underwear that's, like, you know, goes up a little higher. I feel like it holds me together more. But I also find that the ones that I used to wear leave, like, crazy lines on my pants and my leggings. So taking the time to actually find what you need out of a bra and undies is such an important thing. And I feel like that's the whole concept behind bare necessities. Like, it's so important. Like, let's actually take the time, figure out what your needs are and bare necessities has a product for you I also love that their sizing is has such a wide range because like we all have such different bodies and even two people with similar bodies are going to need two totally different bra sizes right now you can also get 20% off your bare necessities order when you go to barenecessities.com use code toast20 that's code toast20 at barenecessities.com to get 20% off barenecessities.com code toast20 some exclusions apply 
Today's episode is also brought to you by Jackie's favorite, Babbel. If you're like us, there's a foreign language that you regret not learning in school, and it's never too late to start with Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons. You can finally cross learning that new language off your list. So they offer 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German, whatever the reason is that you might want to start learning a new language. One, because it's just a fun way to broaden your horizons, expand your mind as an adult. Two, you know, you don't remember everything from high school French like Meghan Markle. Or, you know, are you taking a trip where you just want to learn like the basic language so that, you know, you don't get lost or it can be kind of scary to be in a new country where you don't know the language. I did that before I went to Italy. With Babbel, you need only 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Again, you can choose from Spanish, French, Italian, German. They have over 14 languages. And right now you can get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash TMT. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash TMT for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, it's language for life. Again, that's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash TMT as in the morning toast TMT for 55% off your subscription. It's addictively fun and there's never a bad time to learn a new language. Like it's just like something that's good for you in your adult life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for our first story? It's so sexy. I just, it's a little too Woo. NSFW. It's getting hot in here. It's getting hot in here because People has announced their 2022 Sexiest Man Alive, and it is Chris Evans. He says, quote, my mom will be so happy. That's funny. If you were to tell a middle-aged, middle school age, middle-aged... Hello. Middle school age Chris Evans that he would one day be named people's sexiest man alive. He'd be pumped, he said. This would probably be the road to the cool table, which I was not at. How come sure. every celebrity was a loser growing up? <laughs> okay, wait. I Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. So that's so true. Like every celebrity was like, I was never cool. I had no friends, yada, yada. Every and celebrity is like, he's the most gorgeous, like personal. Perfect looking. Like, you know, funny. Okay, Nobody but. Liked him. But. It's like obviously hard to believe when you see them now and like their pure perfection. Um, and I, I used know to what like you're going to say. I, I used to roll my eyes at them. But I feel like for actors, musicians, like most of them were like theater kids. They were in choir. They were in band. They were in like traditionally like back in our day, like traditionally uncool extracurriculars. And I actually think like the possibility that a lot of most celebrities were losers like in high school and middle school, like is probably true. Yeah, because they were working on their art. No, and like now, and I'm so jealous of the kids who like are growing up now, like things to th- honestly like shows like Glee and stuff, like those, like being in band and wanting to join the drama department, like it's, there's not as much of a stigma as it used to be, but like back in my day, like it was the worst thing you could do socially. Like, oh my God, band, I'd rather die. Yeah, so I believe it. I mean, I believe it when people say it, of course, but it does make sense from, for actors who are in theater and musicians who were focusing on their instruments and their art um but let's talk about the models who are always like I was like so bullied nobody I was so tall and gorgeous well let's also talk about that nobody wanted to be my friend I do think there's a certain sect of modeling where it's like 
not traditionally beautiful women. It's more like interesting looking women mm-hmm. who were like very tall. And I could see those girlies, you know, being losers and getting like bullied. I could see that. Yes. Uh, no, these perfect all American girlies, like I'm not buying it. Yeah. I'm not buying it. Yeah. But anyways, young Chris Evans would be happy to know that old Chris Evans is sexy as hell. He said, my mom will be so happy. She's proud of everything I do, but this is something she can really brag about. He sat down for his interview and said, this whole thing is tough to be interviewed about. It feels like a weird form of humble bragging. Really, mm-hmm. this will just be a point of bullying from his close friends. It's ripe for harassment. That's funny. Um, obviously, Chris Evans is extremely good looking. Like, it's not even a question. I do want to say I'm like a little uninspired by this choice. It's like so obvious, you know, that's like choosing me for most sexy woman. You know, it's like. It's like, duh. You know, I like when they get a little creative and do someone who's like a little ugly, but like still really hot. You know what I mean? Like, and if like, there's no controversy around this. Like everyone's like, yeah, okay, agreed. But like, remember when Blake Shelton was and everyone was like, the country was torn apart. Mm -hmm. I kind of lived for that. Like be a little out there. Who would you have liked to see? Well, it also has to be someone, it's not just about looks. It also has to be someone who's been like really relevant this year. Yeah, who has a movie coming out, who wants to sit down for this interview, not just like some recluse who would rather do anything else. Oh, honestly, it really should be just based on the year, Harry Styles. Yeah, or Miles Teller. Oh, sorry, it should be Miles Teller. But I, I do feel like they choose someone older usually, like Harry and Miles are a little young. That's true. And I think that's nice. Yeah. I mean, do they do that for the women? Yeah. It's like always like a, a woman, not it's a It's always Julia Roberts. No one has um, a chance. It's always Julia Roberts. And it's not sexiest woman. It's most beautiful, I think. Right. And I don't Which even know hella- if they do. I don't think they do it anymore. It's so problematic. Also, like I do see a time. I feel like I say this every year. I'm like surprised that they still do it because it's so binary, you know? Yeah, really sexiest man. I know, but it's like they canceled sec- most beautiful woman, but not sexiest, sexiest man. man. Like, mm, what about us? I don't know. Like, I feel like Maxim really has like the list for women. You know, maybe people was just like becoming irrelevant. Like that list, people look forward to the Maxim Hot 100, and they really look forward to the sexiest man alive. I don't think anybody really cared about most beautiful woman. It's true. And also, this is so interesting. So they have their sexiest man alive. Then they one year did a sexiest woman alive in 2014. And it was Kate Upton. And then they have most beautiful people, not most beautiful woman. Oh, okay. So in last year, it was Helen Mirren. She is stunning. (laughs) She is stunning. She's stunning. I absolutely, I'm not aware why I'm laughing. She's stunning and I love her. It's just like a... Like, uh, just like a crazy choice, you know? Yeah. And I just want you to know, for the record, Julia Roberts has won five times. So I'm not even So it is always her. Yeah. It's always her. I mean, that smile, it really is beautiful. It is. But I think the women, I mean, the women have plenty of lists, but then like people get mad about female lists. Right. But like we're putting women on lists. I love a list. I love a list too, especially one that I'm on. Uh, you would be my number one every day. Yeah. You would, I would be my number one too. You every, would be the number two. Every year. But to me, um, again, not trying to be controversial, the sexiest man alive is Bryce. Mm-hmm. But people don't see it. No, I, I definitely see Strice. It should be the sexiest men alive. Ross and Strice. Love, love, love. We'll and have then to Magnolia Photoshop. for be- most beautiful woman of the year. We'll have to Photoshop <laughs> that cover ourselves. 100%. Make the SMA cover you wish to see in the world. 
Um, I just feel like, and I feel like I have the same thoughts every year, but like the fact that Chris Evans, who's arguably like the biggest movie star in the world is sitting down with people magazine is like so crazy. Cause people magazine is like a trash tabloid. And this one thing that they do is like a redeeming thing. And it's like, they get like George Clooney, like who would never talk to people magazine. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about George Clooney recently about his like oh. catalog of movies. Cause I feel like he's so serious you know when you think of like the most serious actors Mm -hmm. most respected but I feel like his movies are actually kind like like Flopville yeah and like stupid wait let's talk for real about what movies that he's obviously Obviously the the oceans the oceans movies which aren't like Oscar winning movies but they're they're good blockbuster movies and he's in this new one with Julia Roberts that looks so stupid but it's so stupid um, it's doing amazing at the box office but I'm like George Clooney does stupid movies up in the air with Anna Kendrick all about the miles I never saw that one but that was based on a book so it had to be good right I never saw it and he was on ER so he's like a soap actor such a good call like have we been gaslit into thinking that George Clooney is a serious actor yeah like has he ever even been nominated for an Oscar Google if he's been nominated for an Oscar but I think it's because I really loop him in with like Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt has been nominated one many Oscars he produces like Brad Pitt is the definition of a serious actor Benjamin Button um Moneyball I mean there's a million like yeah oh wait hold on has George Clooney ever been nominated for an Oscar Yes, yes. Oh, he he won Best Supporting Actor in 2006. For? For Syriana. He was nominated six other times, and then he also won with Best Picture in Argo. Argo, but he was a producer. Oh. He wasn't in Argo. Argo. Oh. Well, sound off in the comments. Is George Clooney a serious actor? He also received- Or have we been gaslit into thinking as so? Is he just LARPing as a serious actor? He no, also and then received, he got a mall and like yeah, yeah. that and made him just, more like, serious. Takes himself really seriously. By the way, but he also received the Golden Globe Cecil B. DeMille Award in 2015, which is a very serious award for serious actors. Maybe there's like an era of his career that like I'm either not thinking of or not familiar with, but I'm now fully convinced George Clooney has been LARPing. I just, I thought it was an interesting thought I had and I wanted to share it. It's, it's a thought that is definitely interesting. Sound off in the comments. Great. Are you ready for our next story? Yes. A little hot new couple alert. Jackson White confirms he's dating his Tell Me Lies co-star, Grace Van Patten. So the two of them showed up to the CFDA Awards last night together. They held hands for a picture. And then he also shared on social media a picture of their photo booth strip. And he blocked out the third picture with an emoji. And they're clearly kissing in that picture. Yeah, I feel like there's been speculation for a while. Um, In my mind, it was confirmed. So this is great. They looked fabulous on that red carpet together. Like they're both really, I don't know how long it'll last, but the show is really popular. And they're both like kind of like it girlies and boys right now. Yeah, it's they're really, also both nepo babies. It's unfortunate for me because the hatred that I have for their characters and their relationship is seeping over into this relationship, and like I am not as excited about it as I would be if this was a beloved television relationship. No, like, do you think that their relationship is really toxic? No, no, like, no. I'm sure. I'm sure they're nothing like their characters, but like that's how strongly I feel about the show. You were really, really impacted by the show. I really was. I had really strong feelings about it. I usually don't with fictional shows. I could separate. Shows. 
I can separate the two. Like in real life, I'm like obsessed with these two. I think they're so good looking. They're both like very into fashion. They were very well dressed at the CFDA awards. They've had like these iconic photo shoots since the show came out. Like I can separate, but I totally respect that you can't. There's certain things I can't separate. Honestly, the perfect example is like, Okay, remember Bring It On, the one with Hayden Panettiere and Solange Knowles? Of course. And remember the actress who um, was Hayden Panettiere's friend at her other school and then became Captain? Winnie. Winnie, when Hayden left. That actress was so evil. I never saw her again in anything else, but I hate her to my core. Yeah, but you didn't even see her again in something else. Like maybe you have to see her outside of that character to see if... Because I, I remember thinking, like, I remember being so deeply moved by my hatred for her. She was also, like, fucking racist. Like, I, she was evil. She was evil. And that's a hatred that I've carried with me throughout all the years. Like, she's too good of an actress. Maybe that's why she never got another big part, because she was so typecast. Because she was too good. She was too good. So I understand that is what I'm saying. Yeah, but anyways, like I'm happy for everyone who's obviously like living for this. I just like for some reason can't separate the art on this from the one. artist on this one. No, that's and you that's a testament. You hate that's to see a it. testament to their craft. In a way, you're complimenting them if you think about it like that. And I'm complimenting the show because I can't remember the last time I cared so deeply about a fictional show. No, it's so true. So make fictional shows great again. That's what they're doing at Tell Me Lies. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Are you ready for our next story? I, I really, truly am. Alanis Morissette bailed on the Carly Simon Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's <laughs> a mouthful. She, she bailed, bailed on, on the rock. Carly Simon Rock and Roll. Rock and Roll. roll. Ha- I'm sorry. Roll and Hall next to each other. Roll Hall. Okay, wait. Carly Simon. Wait, what is it? Alanis Morissette bailed on Carly Simon Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tribute. Alanis Morissette bailed on Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performance. You, okay, whatever. I couldn't remember the rest of what you said. Alanis axed her performance at the 37th annual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I wonder if other people struggle with Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> I don't think so. Rock In, and Roll Hall of Fame. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's when you look at it. The Maybe. singer was set to perform Carly Simon's You're So Vain along with Olivia Rodrigo, but she bowed out at the last minute after rehearsal on Friday, an insider told Page Six. The insider said when she ran through it the first time with Olivia, it seemed like they weren't prepared. Carly's guitarist, Jimmy Ryan, leaked that Alanis was performing last month in a since-deleted Facebook post, but the Hall of Fame never officially confirmed her as one of the reporters. At performers, jeez. Oh my God, after, are you okay? Like, this story is just full of twists and turns <laughs> after friday's rehearsal organizers received notification that alanis has chosen not to perform she addressed the last minute cancellation on her story she said in part i've spent decades in an industry that is rife with an overarching anti-woman sentiment and have tolerated a lot of condescension and disrespectfulness reduction dismissiveness contract breaching unsupportiveness exploitation and psychological violence and more throughout my career i tolerated it because nothing would stop me from connecting with those whom i care about and resonated with i live to serve and connect with people and so over the years i sucked it up on more occasions than i can count in order to do so 
It's hard not to be affected in any industry around the world, but Hollywood has been notorious for its disrespect of the feminine in all of us. She says, now I'm at a point in my life where there's no need for me to spend time in an environment that reduces women, such as this Hall of Fame performance. Uh, she it's said a that lot she has of words. It's a lot of words to tell us nothing about what happened. She's got nothing but love for Carly, Olivia, Dolly Parton, Janet Jackson, Pat Benatar, Cheryl Crow, Pink and Brandi Carlisle, and Sarah Bareilles, all of whom are doing the tribute. But the environment was just, I guess, ripe, rife with too much anti-woman sentiment. Okay, I totally agree that like I'm sure her career has been filled with tarch and like people disrespect but like if you're gonna make a whole statement like we need to know what happened yeah and there's so many other women who are performing like are they just standing like they're putting up with the anti-woman sentiment Dolly Parton wouldn't put up with that right so I'm not saying I I don't I don't know at all what the fuck happened I have no skin in the rock and roll fame uh but, like, if we're going to call them out, let's call them out all the way. What the fuck happened? Oh, okay. So, that actually reminded me. Are you following this Glennon Doyle podcast thing? No. What's the tea? It's a crazy story. Okay. You know, Glennon Doyle, who, by the way, is married to Abby Wambach, like, iconic soccer player. It's just, like, an iconic duo. They have a podcast, and it's, like, super popular. I'm sure you've seen And it. Glennon Doyle wrote the book Untamed, which is, like, one of the biggest books of the last Ever. 20 years. Yeah. Okay. So... They have a podcast together and they released an episode called like the podcast or the episode that never was. And basically they went on to say they just recorded like uh, an interview with a, a guest and the guest was so rude to like the producer and like the people that work for Glennon and Abby and you know, Glennon and Abby are going to stand by their team. They're not releasing the episode and this person is banned from the podcast. It was this person and their husband. So now everyone's up in arms being like, who the fuck was it? And like Glennon, you know, she's a businesswoman. She's being all clickbaity, not saying who it is, but like trying to drop clues and like, like, so for a while, everybody um, had reason to believe it was Chip and Joe. Um, But then Glennon, I believe on her Instagram, dispelled that. Now people are saying it's Mel Robbins. I have no idea who that is. Also, people are saying it could be Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos because her husband, I believe was the husband was the one being rude. Why do they think it's them? I'm looking at who Mel Robbins is. I don't know. I didn't listen. So then they released a whole episode just about like, you know, kindness. Um, And I guess there were some things in there that like dropped clues. And so people are using just like social media, people who are currently promoting things, people who promote things with their husbands. People are just um, like using context clues for guessing. There's really no definitive answer as to who it is but like I'm so curious and if anyone has a guess or like anybody knows like just DM me I won't tell anyone I'm just curious hmm not that that. interesting yeah sort of but then it's like the same thing it's like you're gonna tease well just tell us well I mean you did the same thing on Friday about the Amazon event (gasps) oh I did but that's because um why did I do that I I mean, if it were up to me and I experienced it, I wouldn't have even mentioned it, you know? No, because I feel like, and this is what what I believe Glennon was saying, like, you deserve to be called out if you're a rude person. But are you even calling someone out if you're not actually calling them out? And instead you're making, you're kind of like speculating and it's seeping into other people who most of them have nothing to do with this. That's true. Like, then people start saying like, it's Remy Bader. And like, it's not. Yeah, but people like, saying it's Chip and Joe. And like for some people who never actually get the real answer, it's like in their they head assume. that was Chip and Joe. 
no, that's a really good point. So what do I do about that now? Um, no, nothing to be done. Okay. No, but, that's, thank you for calling me out of my hypocrisy. Like, you're so right. No, but I didn't mean to, like, call you out. I'm just like, what What are the scruples? Like, what are no, the... No, but I just, I believe, what like, I agree say? with the sentiment. What do that our bylaws people, say about this? But there are just people who walk around this planet, like, celebrities, influencers, who are just fucking rude. And, like, it's like a, it's like an insider secret. But it's like, you know what? You want to be rude? Own it. I'm going to tell everyone you're fucking rude. Yeah. But I didn't. You're right. And you just, like, you never know what someone... On the, like what their story no, is, right. where they're coming from. Like no, you just right. never know. But is that an excuse for bad behavior? No, but like maybe if you had the whole picture, like it, it might not have been bad behavior. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe that's yeah. someone defending themselves. What Like maybe someone who has experienced an injustice. Yeah, I mean, it's very nuanced. That's clearly the takeaway here. But like for me, I'm like a gossip monger. Like I want people to say the names. But you're right. I just did that. Yeah. So. So I think. I don't know. It's it's complicated. It's complicated for sure. And that's how I feel about call out culture in general. I know. So. I, I feel torn between like you really don't know like what someone's day has been thus far and like maybe if they're like a little testy to you one time like and how were you acting were you acting like a beast going up to someone at a restaurant with their family being like can I get a selfie and they say no like honestly like I think perception is a huge part of it I think like you don't know what people are going through in that moment I think that's a huge part of it too but also sometimes someone's just an ass of course and, and I think that we should talk about it. Of course, but I think and now so we've many, said it. There are so many different things that like go into someone's recollection of a specific yes. exchange, and it's like they could quote verbatim. Like you could be telling the story and say exactly what that person said to you, but depending on the tone in which you say mm -hmm. it, it means two completely different things. And You're tone so right. is not something that can be adequately recollected. It's subjective. No, that's it's so well said. Tone is more personal than comedy. More personal than food. So true. And then there's the issue of people's memories. Yeah, well, you know, that's like a thing in law. Like eyewitnesses are more often than not like totally fucking wrong. It's also like a thing in books they're always talking about, about how like memories are just like, I don't feel like this is true because I feel like I have a good memory. No, my memories are perfect. Yeah, especially when it just happened. Like, okay, sure, maybe from when I was six, I have, I'm, you know, right. remembering it fondly. But like, what I, like, I'm not making shit up, like. No, like I'm 100% right, always. I know what I saw. Right, I said what I said because I like saw what I saw. It's kind of like a gaslighting tactic to tell us that like our memories are just false. You're so right. The government they're is trying to gaslight us, us. They're making us feel crazy. 100%. 100%. Even though like I feel like I learned that thing about eyewitnesses from my cousin Vinny. Yeah, that they like, There was that be. eyewitness and she was fucking wrong. And also 12 Angry Men. I never saw it. It's a book, too. I never read it. I think I read it. It was a good message. But here's the thing. Imagine you're a deer. You're prancing along. You get a little thirsty. You spot a little brook. You put your little deer lips down to the cool, clear water. And bam! A fucking bullet rips off part of your head. Your brains are laying on the ground in little bloody pieces. Now I ask you, would you give a fuck what kind of pants a son of a bitch who shot you was wearing? It's a great question. It's a great question. Are you ready for our next story? Is it the story? Mm -mm. 
That's brought to you by ZipRecruiter, perchance? Yes, it is. Are you hiring? What type of role are you hiring for? Here at The Toast, we are always looking for different people to boost our business to work with us as a team. Maybe you need someone who wears many hats, and that can be challenging to hire for. Or you have a simple position to fill, but it is taking forever to find someone who's a great fit for your company. Whether you need to hire a civil engineer in New York, a pediatric nurse in Nebraska, an attorney in Colorado, even a mascot in Missouri, ZipRecruiter can help you find qualified candidates fast. And you can try ZipRecruiter for free right now when you go to ZipRecruiter.com toast. From accounting to zoologists and everything in between, ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and presents them to you. Then you can invite your top choices to apply. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. We have used ZipRecruiter in the past um, to hire for different roles and it has been so seamless. It's really the best way to find quality candidates. And again, you can try it now for free at our exclusive link, which is ZipRecruiter.com slash toast. Once again, that is ZipRecruiter, Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R.com slash toast, ZipRecruiter.com slash T-O-A-S-T. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check it out. Whether you're a small business, a big business, you're looking for any certain type of role, ZipRecruiter is really the company to do that for you and you won't regret it. ZipRecruiter.com slash T-O-A-S-T. Great. Our next story, a little shadiness at the Powerball. The Powerball drawing for $1.9 billion jackpot has been delayed due to security protocol issues. The highly anticipated drawing for the record $1.9 billion Powerball jackpot was delayed Monday night, leaving people eagerly anticipating those winning numbers. Powerball officials released a statement early Tuesday morning saying, one participating lottery is still processing its sales and play data and all that 48 and that all 48 participating lotteries are required to submit their data before the winning numbers can be drawn. The statement said that Powerball has stringent security requirements to protect the integrity of the game and remains committed to holding a drawing that gives all players a fair chance to win. So due to the delay, the results will likely not be known until this morning. And they were released. And any winners? Um, I believe so. I believe a winning ticket was drawn. I saw it this morning. Hang on. Let me just get For the, the facts. full 1.9. Actually, I don't know. Let me just do a fresh. Oh, as of NPR, as of 47 minutes ago, it's not clear yet if anyone won Monday's delayed $2 billion Powerball drawing. Okay. It's not clear yet. I mean, I hope that there's, if, if there's someone out there... They claim their prize. I think that this is a little shady. It's giving... Uh, agreed. It's giving agreed. McMillions. It's, it's shady. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. And if I had bought a ticket, I would demand... Well, if I bought a ticket and lost, I would demand a redo. Did you watch McMillions? Yes. It's just reminding me of that. Like, How so? We should start looking into these Powerball winners. Could be someone with their thumb on the ball. Oh, 100%. Somebody, it's somebody's cousin. Somebody's, it's the person whose thumb is on the ball. It's their cousin. Yeah, no, but then their cousin's neighbor like cashes the prize and then they ruin that neighbor's life because the neighbor wins, obviously, but they have to give the money to the neighbor, their neighbor's cousin, and they barely get to keep some for themselves. They think their life has changed, but it hasn't. And then the feds come after them. And that's what happened with McMillions. And it was so fucking sad. It was a sad documentary. Um, 
in this case, I'm just, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little suspicious, you know, I feel like I've been alive for almost 30 years. I've lived through many lotteries and I've never heard of it being delayed. It's a little shady is all I'm saying, but that's the thing. It's like a security issue. Nobody respects cybersecurity anymore. It's every day I'm getting an email. Oh, our data, your password changed it. Like, excuse me? Yeah. Nobody's taking cybersecurity seriously. And they shouldn't. It's leaked and it's hacked and it's this and it's that. And all I know is I got to change my password for like really important shit. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. Not one bit. But you are like, I mean, and me too. It's like, if you don't like these companies, cybersecurity protocols, like don't engage with the company. You can't well, trust Well, then them. don't, don't create a society in which I'm forced to engage with the company. No, I, like, I have to live. I'm struggling with this too. I'm struggling. Yeah, okay, like I could, you know, not use a Facebook, but it's like it's connected to my Instagram and how do I remember people's birthdays and people use it for work. It's like, yeah, we live in a society where I don't have to be on Facebook legally, but literally I do. Yeah. So. And that's just a little bit about me. Yeah, and the Powerball is questionable now and I feel like and the, I just feel the like integrity is nobody, compromised. Yeah, nobody respects the Powerball. You know, and now I'm going to be looking at this winner a little sideways, which is might be completely unfair. So true. No, if there's a winner this time, like I've I'm keeping an eye out for the winner for the Selena. Yeah, no, I'm suspicious for sure. Darn, Do you think darn, if you darn. work for for Mega Millions or like any of these companies, like you're legally not allowed to buy tickets? Kind of how like if you're a like a blackjack dealer, you can't play blackjack in the state that you're licensed in, you know? It's an interesting question. If I feel guys, like if you work for like Powerball corporate, like you run the Powerball Instagram or something, like you can't buy tickets. I don't know why. I just feel like you wouldn't be allowed. I just feel like because no one would take your win seriously and they'd come after right. you. Right. We'd be so like, sure, Jan. Is it worth it? Right, right. You would do a two for a check. Our fifth and final story, which is going to lead into a little TV recap. Olivia Culpo reflects on her breakup with Nick Jonas. She said, quote, I thought we were going to get married. So let me tell you how I forgot these two even dated when I saw these headlines like Olivia Culpo's reflecting on her breakup. I thought she was talking about Danny Amendola. That's an, a different breakup. Last night, the new show, The Culpo Sisters, which is a reality show about Olivia Culpo and her Culpo sisters, premiered on TLC. We've talked about it a little bit. And there was some really good tea. And I have so many thoughts about the show in general, but we'll start with this one tidbit because Olivia was doing one of her interviews and she's talking about like why she moved to LA in the first place. And she was like, well, I moved with my boyfriend. And the interviewer's like, didn't you date a Jonas brother? Like, was it Nick? And she was like, do we really have to talk about this? And then she was like, yes, I dated Nick Jonas. And interesting tea was that he broke up with her. She like was really so in love with him. And when she came to LA with him, she had just won Miss Universe. She didn't have a job. And she moved into her own apartment after they broke up. She like really couldn't afford her rent. She had like no, she said she had like no sense of self, no job, like didn't know where she was going to go from here. Like she really thought like her and Nick were gonna get OTP. married as she said and it was a big change for her she said I moved to LA with him I had no brand no money and I was in love that was great right but when he broke up with me I was kind of left with no sense of identity my whole identity was in him which is a very common story of a young person in love I thought we were going to get married I thought all the things and I just remember night after night looking up at my ceiling in my apartment that I couldn't afford thinking to myself how am I going to pay my rent no, by the way, like it, that is exactly how I remember it. Like her identity was very partially related to like her pageantry, but it was really like 
Nick Jonas's girlfriend. And I didn't really think about how, like, after they broke up, like, where was she living? Like, you know? Yeah. And I rem- I feel like I can sort of remember, like, the early days of her being in L.A. And, and then breaking up. And then she started posting on Instagram. I've been following her on Instagram, like, since I think I had an Instagram. And she really, like, built this brand and what she does now, I think a lot of people do, being influencers, brand ambassadors, models, et cetera, multi-hyphenate, but at the time was not a job. Yeah. So it's not like she woke up, at, I think I'll be an influencer today. She just like really put all the pieces like, together and like- Was knew, influential. Yeah, and knew what her strengths were. And now she has a wonderful career and this wonderful television show, which I would yeah, like so t- I didn't, to recap. I I didn't watch it. I feel like they're a great family for television. I'm just like so confused why it's on TLC, which is like the circus channel. Like it's yeah. like, you know, like crazy stories. The man with the 19 pound scrotum, 19 kids and counting. Like yeah. Even the commercial thousand wild. pound sisters. The com- this was not thousand pound sisters. No, it's not. <laughs> even the commercials like, like, when you're watching it are like, it's Dr. Pimple shows- Popper. Yeah, No, no, no. It, it's, they're definitely it's the circus network they're definitely a little out of place I think one like that's who wanted their show maybe TLC is trying to elevate their brand and so maybe they made them the best offer and the show was also streaming on Discovery Plus which is a premium streamer like you're there yes, with yes. Chip that and Joe Magnolia yeah. Network and so that's that's where the show went and luckily it's on YouTube TV so I was able to add it to my library and enjoy and I just want to say overall the first episode you know there were highs and lows but generally speaking it was a breath of fresh air and I want Hmm. to explain why obviously I'm an Olivia Culpo apologist and um but following her on Instagram and watching her for an hour on television is a different experience and I'm not sure that I always want to watch a reality show about someone that I follow on Instagram so it's not a a shoe in at all but what I loved about the show was that like there was this just this like general and maybe it was like coming off of having watched that documentary where I felt really sad and I was like I want to watch like more happy people and people who are enjoying life even though obviously everyone has their struggles like watching this show like they're so close as sisters they're like real sisters because they love each other but they also have their like beef you know the mm-hmm. the little one is very snitchy like oh my god I wanted mm-hmm. to, I wanted Margot to watch it because some of the stuff Sophia was saying I feel like Margot says to her friends about us like how we just totally. she's trying to grow and we just always remember her as the baby and we like won't let her grow mm-hmm. so I thought that was really cute and it was just like they really are a great family who love each other. They're so close with their parents. They're so close with each other. They have two other brothers who they're also really close with. When Sophia lives with Olivia, like her parents came to town for their 35th wedding anniversary. And Olivia's like, we're throwing them a party. We're throwing them a party. And the whole time I thought it was going to be like a big party, but it was just all of them having dinner in her backyard, which is just so sweet. Like they really love each other so much and they have such a great relationship. And you can see how like Olivia having her sisters there and having such a great relationship with them, like, she's so grounded in her career yeah. even though she is like this huge star and her boyfriend is Christian McCaffrey and like you could think that she would be like one of these like LA girls who you know thinks that they're obsessed with the fame obsessed with the fame like so affected but no she's just like balloon shopping with her sisters for her parents anniversary and like talking about how she really wants to be a mom and she's turning 30 and like she that you know when she was younger would have thought that she would have husband and three kids by now and that hasn't happened for her but like she's so determined to do it like they really put such an emphasis on family I feel like that's not something that we see a lot of anymore and I think it's also a reason why the Kardashians are so successful yeah a lot of people have tried to do that and put their families on tv but 
It doesn't work for a number of reasons. You might be an uninteresting family. You might not have a good family dynamic. You guys might all be throwing each other under the bus for a Mm -hmm. lick of fame. And I didn't get any of those vibes from the Culpo Sisters show. I thought it was just really positive and refreshing. There was some stupid like sublines, very Kardashians, you know, they're trying all these like wellness things. But there was also some tea, like Aurora, the oldest sister, Um, she's been married for three years and I think right now she is going through a divorce and on the show I think it all unfolds on the show she starts talking about how she's with her sisters and she's like someone DM me on Instagram and said that do you know your husband's cheating on you (gasps) and she was like what do you mean and she spoke to her husband about it but then she also revealed that when they did get married three years ago she told her husband that he could have like one extramarital thing a year So I don't know if he like went over his limit or maybe that actually just doesn't work for her, but she's like struggling in her marriage and being really open about it. And then in the preview for the rest of the season, like it really feels like they're sharing a lot. Like I think Olivia is starting to feel like she wants more commitment from Christian and and she wants to have kids and she has endometriosis. And I think that will, she said it it makes it so that she has a a different sort of window for when she's gonna, when she can have kids. She said, if I miss my window, like, I don't know if I would ever forgive myself. So I feel like Mm -hmm. things might come up with her and Christian. And then there are some sister fights that look like so fucking real um, between like her and Sophia. They definitely get under each other's skin, but they also live together. Like, hello. Yeah. Right. You know, it's fights about clothes, which is the biggest probably fight that most sisters have. I think also Sophia's career is very similar to Olivia's. So I think there's tension there in the way, like I think Olivia sees Sophia doing things and she's like, that's not how I would do them. I think Sophia probably also feels like she's in her shadow and she wants something for herself. It it felt like there's a lot of realness coupled with uh, reality show antics. Reality TV dumbness. And I have to be honest, I... I kind of expected that it wouldn't be as great as I thought, as I would hope because I love her so much, but I thought it was such a pleasure to watch and fabulous. it was really refreshing to see grounded, level-headed, happy people who love their family and who are enjoying their life. Like Olivia has this gorgeous house in LA and like every room is filled with people, dogs, food, love. Like it's, it's a pleasure. Yeah. It's a pleasure. So I would recommend it because okay, you know, good. Not everything needs to be so sad, so heavy. Yeah, and they have their struggles, and everybody does. And I'm not saying I don't want to see it, or we shouldn't like I'm not at all. But there needs to be balance. A balance, yeah, yeah. No, that sounds nice. So I felt balanced at the end of the day. One thing about you is like you have balance. You know, I strive for balance. I do. It's so important in all facets. Um. So that's our show. Thank you. That was a gorgeous TV recap, really in-depth and stunning. Thanks. I'm like, are you feeling like you want to check it out? Oh, and could they be more I'm beautiful? I'm just like not could taking anything be, new on. Could they be more beautiful? The whole family. The girls. No, they're really the stunning. The brothers. The parents. We got to set the brother up with Snitch. Do you think he'll convert? No, I think they're... Um, Religious? Yeah, she, Olivia was also talking about how like her, their, her religion is a big part of her relationship with Christian. And when they oh, go nice. through hard times like they pray together to get through it oh, i thought it was God, so that's nice the cutest thing mm-hmm. that's the cutest thing um in love is blind like this one couple like prayed on each other and like it was actually really sweet even though like that's like not something i do i like respected it yeah no i re- i respect it i like just seeing the different ways that people go through hard times like they're even well jacks i pray for you i thank you mcclard i pray for when you too. i pray for you Nice. That is our show. That is 
the greatest show on earth. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Toast, the Millennium Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found. So at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, I Radio, Guest Box, all the places. So if you listen to podcasts, find us, The Toast, and leave a five-star review about how wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an amazing day, and we'll see you tomorrow for Hump Day. Bye.